I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. in the maze number 15.3 <laughs> i'm gonna number this one kingdom hearts style 15.3 over uh 97 to uh seven eighths and uh four quarters uh two shillings and a halfpenny uh dream uh dr- dreaming dr- dreaming to dream uh <laughs> Whatever, yeah, whatever. This is uh, this is Lost in the Maze 15.3, uh, only on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka ching, bing, 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 did did fill her up? A subsidiary of Corn Fed Industries, uh, folks. It's, it's me, Dalton Pruitt. Uh, I just got done recording the um, the the Lost in the Maze 15. Uh, for those who have listened or maybe tried to listen and didn't, you know, didn't get it, I whatever. Um, it's that was me reading uh, verses one through nine hundred and fifty of the J.R.R. Tolkien translation of Beowulf. <laughs> It's been it's been a while since I've read Beowulf, and I, I I've had this Tolkien translation for a while, and I've just I've never actually read it. I I read Beowulf in college. I took some it was like an old English uh, literature class, uh, but it you know I I never really understood what we were doing because uh, we you know we were all drunk on old English. No, I um, I no I I just I remember reading it in that class and just having this like what's i don't know if there's a name for it uh i've seen people talk about this on the internet when you've lived your your you've lived your life and the things you've consumed books movies music all of it it uh have like references to something um that there's like this original work that has been referenced over and over and over again uh to to the point where you know if you if you're a certain age like you might see the references to that many many times before you actually get around to like seeing the original thing and and so when i read beowulf i had this like moment of like realization that 
uh, so much of just everything that exists in terms of like literature and movies and music um especially like fantasy stuff but i i mean just especially like just any anything involving like a, a sort of hero's journey type story so much of that can be traced back to beowulf and maybe other stories at that time or before that but beowulf is is like one of the original works um and, and it's it was it's interesting it was i remember at the time reading it in that class and seeing all these different tropes of storytelling that I had like grown up with. And that, that was like my frame of reference for storytelling, seeing them in this story and having to like remind myself that in this story, as it was written, none, none of this is trite. Like none of this is cliched yet or well-worn territory. This is like the original story from which so many things uh, like derive that their like method uh, of storytelling, like the, the structure and, and uh, just the beats of like what the story is. And it was, it was like, it was a really fun, interesting experience to, to read it um, in college. I mean, you can read it whenever you want. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a college class. It's actually free. The story's free. Like I have this copy that I forget how much I paid for. Uh, but if you go to like, uh, I think it's like the Guten, Gutenberg.org, the whole thing is free. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to like articulate. I'm sure like y'all know what I'm talking about, where like you, you, you see so many things in movies and TV and whatever that it are all like inspired by or referencing something and it becomes so like trodden over like whatever this reference is that by the time you actually see the original it's it's hard to even comprehend that no one had done this up until then because it's such like ingrained in our minds and in culture the like the the thing that this thing did you know um and I'm, i'm trying to think of like trying to think of a good example because like i'm I'm sure y'all i'm sure y'all can like understand what i'm talking about but i'm like this this has happened this has happened to me before um and i'm i'm trying to think uh uh of of like a, a good example of it but i'm like i'm drawing a blank right now because i just like expended all of my energy and thought processes in in reading <laughs> all reading so much of Beowulf um yeah that was that that was a fun that was a weird that was a fun experience to do that it's been a minute since I've actually like really sat down and read anything like ever since I had my uh my brain accident um all the stuff that happened to me I've had to like really like it's it's been such a grind such a slog to recovery I mean honestly the hero's journey the ups and downs you know and pitfalls of the hero uh this is what i've experienced that those moments when you're beaten bruised and broken and you still crawl on and uh get back on get you know crawl up get on your knees stand on your feet and and, and though you may be stripped uh, of your uh 
mail and, and armaments uh the the soul the spirit uh uh burns on and 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 carries on and that's you know that's where i'm at in the story right now the fall the here the fall and then redemption of the hero um which you know that is a narrative that's storytelling i don't know how apt that is to real life uh but i it may it may be a mindset thing like i don't know you know what I mean? Like the the way the way everything is set up these days, and has been for the longest time, for everybody, uh, it, it's a system in which you're expected to really like uh, keep your nose clean and do it and do everything. Not, you know, you there's wiggle room to make mistakes here and there, but you're definitely expected to adhere by a certain set of rules and social mores and standards uh and, and just just play it safe get a decent job save some money own things start a family uh own more things send your kids to college uh save save up tons and tons of money and then like eventually get to a point where you can stop working like there's this it, it's it's always been disheartening to me and i I'm speaking from a place of just like maybe stupidity or uh, stubbornness, but that, that path has always been like very disheartening to me because it's so like, it's so linear and it's so, it's such just like a map for everybody to follow. And, and I, I think like any instance in, in which, that you you go all you know you go into uncharted territory or the idea of even doing so is just terrifying to people to not have the stability of this like linear safe stable path in life um that's been mapped out for us that like the parameters in which we're supposed to like live our lives and i'm not like denigrating or condemning anyone that wants to live that way it's pretty nice to have food in your belly and a roof over your head and be safe and not have like debtors and creditors calling you all the time and it just having to like scrape and struggle to survive. Uh, but I mean, the life, I like life doesn't go that way for everybody. Like you just can't, there's too many people and too many variables for everybody to be able to follow like any sort of, like to follow this like stable straight and narrow path in which you know well you know you save this amount of money from each paycheck and then you know eventually you were you know you pay off all your bills and you retire some people are going to absolutely uh lose everything at some point and and that's where one must reach deep within and and answer the call of the hero uh and, and get back get on their feet pick themselves up and keep fighting and and slay the uh the dragon as it were you know to to pick up uh what whatever you got you know your your remain your remnants the remnants of once what what once was and, and keep pushing forward and maybe even do something greater than you ever would have done before who knows you know, they, they want to beat that out of you. I mean, that's that's the thing about, like, reading literature like this, like Beowulf and all this kind of stuff. It's like fantasy, and it's, you know, good guys and bad guys and kingdoms and 
uh, swords and, and heroes and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's presented as like, it, it's definitely fiction. It's fantasy. Uh, but life definitely beats it out of you. Any, any idea that, that, that that's, that that's a blue, that that might actually be a blueprint for your life. Um, or, or some sort of like lens through which to like look at, to, to look at your life as a narrative almost like, does that, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you think of your own life in, in, in a sort of like narrative structure and, and like contextualize it in that way, it affords you, I guess like the, the way I think about things is just like the mindset of, of like a storyteller or a writer of someone who's like read all these kinds of things and just thinking of my own life in, in this like narrative structure that it can be uh, this, this sort of like hero's journey, you know? And, uh, you know, like Luke Skywalker's got to go into the cave in Dagobah and face the darkness, you know, as we as we all must at some point in our lives. And we, you know, a lot of people just don't contextualize their lives in that way. I don't think or they're discouraged from doing so, uh, you know, because they they want to they want you to they want you to buy the stories. They want you to buy the ticket and go you know engage in the commerce of it all but on a real level what is expected of you is to to not think in like the ways of as a child would you know because this is how this is how children think and at some point somewhere along the way that just gets beaten out of us like grow the fuck up and and stop like daydreaming and looking at your life as, as like a fucking you know, Lord of the Rings uh, movie or, or whatever it may be. And, the, uh, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate because uh, I, well, the unfortunate thing is that I've met people who do live that way, who do think that way, who are all into, like, fantasy stuff and, uh, like, really do possess that sort of childlike wonder about things. And they are obnoxious. You know, they got a lot of Funko Pops and memorabilia for stuff. And, and the, you know, the, the, they're always like quoting like their favorite Doctor Who monologues and, and all that kind of stuff. They were, you know, a fat late, a fat librarian who wears cat ears, that kind of person. That does suck. But I, I, I've known those people in my life. Wonderful people. Very nice you know, when it comes down to it, some of the kindest people I've ever met, just kind of annoying, you know, when, when you get right down to it. But I mean, is that so bad? Because I've met people who are not annoying, who are hilarious, engaged, like really interesting people, sociopaths, absolute scumbags. I wouldn't, would not want to associate with them, uh, you know, in any, in any way necessarily beyond just, you know, enjoying their work and, like appreciating the artistry of what they do, whatever it may be. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be close to a person like that. Fat librarian who wears cat ears, who's read like all the Discworld novels, you know, and, and uh, you know, who who's just kind of annoying about that kind of thing. I could be, I could be close to that, but I could be nice to that person. I would probably get along with them. Well, I like Discworld. Um, you know, I like Terry Pratchett. Uh, 
<laughs> Damn. I know you know you know what I mean. And, and uh I think it I think it can be healthy if you're just like whatever you're going through in life, the way I just the way I sort of just think about things sometimes is I try to like think of my life in terms of like narrative structure, like it's this story, uh the rest is still unwritten. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's sort of how I contextualize things sometimes is I just put it into this like narrative structure in my mind. Like it's um I guess, I guess like Alan Wake, you know, is isn't that the plot of Alan Wake? Is like he's writing a story that is the story that's taking place around him or something. You know, that old, or maybe, you know, like that old Twilight Zone episode, Magic Typewriter, guys writing a story, and it ends up being like real stuff happening in his own life. And then at the end, he ends up like killing Rod Serling. Uh, it's like the one of the few times, maybe the only time that a character in the show in like interacted with Rod Serling. Um, uh, and, and at the end of the episode, he, the guy with the magic typewriter writes Rod Serling out of the episode. Uh, anyway, that's what I'm talking about though. Magic typewriter brain, you know, just, just thinking of life in terms of like narrative structure. And it's, it's this thing that I'm like writing as it happens. Uh, because anyway, you know, it's just that's just like something I understand is storytelling. I don't, I'm not like smart or necessarily even good at it, but I do understand it well enough that that's how I can like just make sense of my own life. Maybe, maybe other people are different. Maybe people who are like really good at math and coding and stuff like that think of life in terms of like I don't know uh, differential equations and charts and formulas and and uh lines of code and python and stuff like that and then you know uh chemists and biologists and biochemists contextualize everything uh from a you know like a like you know a scientific standpoint they think of it in terms of evolution and chemical reactions and reaction mechanisms and stereochemistry and Heisenberg, uh, uncertainty principle, you know, whatever, whatever you learn, uh, studying science, but I was a, I was a man, of, I, I'm a man of letters. So that's how I think about things. And what do they call this? They call it main character syndrome. I suppose if, if you think of yourself as the main character in life or of your own story, I mean, that's where I really hate the internet when they just come up with some goofy names and diagnoses for some for just being a fucking human. You know what I mean? Where it's like main character, you like, well, I mean, who wouldn't be the main character of their own fucking story? You know, like I I understand like allowing for the other people in the world to live their lives. Like I know I'm not the only person that exists. It doesn't revolve around me. But I am mostly thinking of myself, like most of the time, because I'm the like it's my brain in this body, and I'm inhabiting the uh, this all of this, and I gotta live with this, and this is how I interact with the world. I am mostly thinking about this myself, 
and, and how how do I navigate the world as me? But that doesn't that doesn't mean that I think everything revolves around me, or or that I uh you know have cast aside everyone else to only look after myself in, in uh you know as I go about my life. But I I am focused on me. You know what I mean. So I don't know, is that main character syndrome or is that just being a fucking human being? <laughs> you know, I think about other people too. I want to do good things for other people and help them. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, well, I am the, I'm the main character of my, of this story for sure. Uh, and that's, that's how I'm thinking. Of. I'm the hero of this. Um and you know that's that's one way to look at a lot of stories there's all kinds of different secondary and tertiary characters uh that would actually be like a fun fun thing to like try or like if you if you if one were so inclined to write like fan fiction is just to pick out some like you know like tertiary character from a story and come up with whatever that guy's story is you know like take out just one of the clarinet players from the most Eisley Cantina in Star Wars and write a story about that guy, like growing up as whatever the fuck kind of alien he is on his planet and, and always always loving music and begging his alien parents to buy him one of those fucked up clarinets, pay for lessons, uh, you know, play play the fucked up alien clarinet in school. Um Telling his, you know, telling his dad he's gonna go to space college for the fucked up clarinet, and his dad is like, "No, you. This is a family of moisture farmers. You should be lucky. I've even allowed you to 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 engage in this hobby in any way. But you're not. I'll be a fucking goddamned if my alien son is gonna try and go out there and make make his hobby his career. That, that's a great. That's a great way to be poor forever. And then you know his alien mom is like, "Honey, you know." uh don't you know don't don't do this to our son you know let let the boy follow his dreams you know this fan this family has just struggled and suffered as moisture farmers here on tatooine and and uh you know why not why not you know she says uh so the the the, the alien boy gets to go to space college for the fucked up clarinet and he he works you know whiplash style he's busting his ass getting screamed at by some like you know alien music instructor for whatever music they're playing and he's he's really hoping to make it into some big intergalactic uh, orchestra playing the fucked up alien clarinet uh and, and you know it it just never it never works out the you know it never works out the way he wants it to you know, he's trying, he's auditioning, he's, he's got chops, but he just is not as great as he wants to be or thinks he is. And um, he gets rejected from every big intergalactic orchestra, uh, Try, you know, and eventually goes back home to Tad, he's living with his parents, and then he, see, he sees an ad uh, attached to a the the bulletin board at the Moss Eisley Cantina that the Cantina band is looking for a fucked up clarinet player, and you know he he says to himself, "Self, you know this is my home. This is where I'm from. I'm I'm good at the fucked up clarinet. 
I may not be intergalactic orchestra good, but I I'm sure it's shit good enough to play in this Moss Eisley Cantina band, you know. And and so he auditions. That band has never heard a fucked up clarinet player as good as this guy. He's in. And it's a it's a regular gig every night. You know, they're in there bum 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 and you know what? It's it's not the career he had dreamed of. It's not what he went to school for. Um, his dad is still kind of upset. Uh, but he he's he's found a a, a sense of meaning and happiness uh, after feeling as though he's failed in life, and he's still young. And he's playing with a fun band. There's camaraderie. They all get drinks after you know the nights performances um the 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 alien women at the cantina love him and you know he's he's living a nice he's living a nice humble life as a small town fucked up clarinet player at the moss isley cantina you know after after this you know epic journey of going to space college and auditioning and crying getting rejected getting his heart broke you know I know I, I'm I'm putting the skeleton of this together right now. You know, I'd have to fill in all the details, but you get the idea of what I'm doing, you know, taking just like some random character from something and then positioning them as the hero of their own story. Like what what would be the extended universe, you know, story about just like this character? And it shows that everybody, if you if you follow their story has main character syndrome i suppose and by the way the the story i just bullshitted my way through that little outline i just came up with is better than anything star wars has done since revenge of the sith i guarantee you that the bare bones of that story that i just came up with about the fucked up clarinet player at the uh, moss Eisley cantina who went to space college and got screamed at by alien J.K. Simmons. That's a much more interesting and character-driven story than any of the fucking bullshit that Disney has done with that franchise. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Law this was this was lost in the maze. 15.3 the uh, this is a sort of an addendum to episode 15 that i just did from reading beowulf next week we're gonna let's see if we can finish beowulf i don't know it's tough to read that much all in one sitting it really hurt my vocal cords and it, there were times i was trying to do voices and i was dipping in and out of them and i felt kind of silly at times and it also kind of hurt my throat to try and do them but it was it was fun. I like reading things. I like reading out loud. Um, that'd be a cool job. Reading audiobooks. Damn, what a dream job. Just going into a booth, just in, in like pajamas or whatever, just having a good ass voice and, and just being like, what so what you know, what are we reading? Hunger games? All right. Probably should have got a lady for this, but I'll read it. Uh anyway. Thank you, everybody. This was Lost in the Maze 15.3, uh, the solo show only 
on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching, bing, 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 did the filler up, a subsidiary of Corn Fed Industries. Thank you. I love you. Bye.